pulpit to the door in the mighty name of Jesus. Even when they pull up on the grounds, Lord God, that you'll meet them right there, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in advance, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Put your hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory, 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 glory. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I stand in great expectation for the move of God this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To not only meet me at the point of my need and us at the point of our need, but far beyond that, what we can even ask or think. Hallelujah. Let's come together and worship and praise him like never before. Hallelujah. 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 And loosen up and let him have his way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and bless the Lord as we get prepared for our scripture this morning. Our Old and New Testament scripture. Hallelujah. 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 By our elder Johnson. Hallelujah. As he comes forth, follow in by that in prayer by his wife, Elder Johnson. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Giving praise to God who is the head of my life. I am privileged and honored to give you the word of God. Amen. This day. This day. Amen. This day. Hallelujah. Coming, coming from Old Testament, those who have their Bibles turn to Zechariah 6, verses 12 and 13. And for the New Testament, go to Hebrews 3. Verses 1 through 4. And the Lord's words read from Zechariah. He says, And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. And he shall grow up out of his place. And he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord. And he shall bear the glory. Mm. And shall sit and rule upon his throne. And he shall be a priest upon his throne. And the council of peace shall be between them both. Go to Hebrews three verses one through four, and the word speaks. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest 
of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, and also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath built the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the word. Anybody excited for the word? Amen, amen. Anybody want to welcome him in this place? Hallelujah. We just say it to you, Lord. We, you, you are welcome in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Hallelujah. We want you to have your way, God. Hallelujah. We want you to have your way in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, can we just bless the Lord together? Can we just come together and just worship him right now? Worship him in his presence. Hallelujah. Just begin to just be joyous in the sight of God. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we welcome you in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, we welcome you, Lord. We need you to have your way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Have your way. Hallelujah. Can we just live that together? Hallelujah. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Lord, you are welcome. In this place, Lord, you are welcome. In this place, have your way. Can we just lift that up to him again? Lord, you're welcome in this place. Lord, you are welcome in this place. Lord, we welcome you right now. You are welcome. Oh, hallelujah. You're welcome in this place. In this place. Oh, Lord, you're welcome. Lord, you are welcome. In this, in place. this place. Come on and have your way. Have your way. Now we need you to send your anointing in this place. Send your anointing, Lord. Your anointing in this place. Send your anointing. Your anointing all over this place. In this place. Come on and send your anointing. Oh, in this place. In this place. Come on and have your way. Anointing, we need a fresh anointing. In your anointing, oh, in this place, in this place. 
in our mother's womb yes. who set us aside and sanctified us that we could come together this morning to praise and worship yes. your precious yes. and your holy name. Oh, Father, we thank you, creator and sustainer of all creation for all that you have done, are doing, and going to do in our lives and in this house of praise. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for allowing us to come together to meet in this place to corporately and personally praise your name. We ask that you would fill this place, that you would show up, show out, and just permeate your spirit all through us. Let us leave, Heavenly Father, totally different from the way that we came in. And when your child stands at the holy desk, Heavenly Father, let him open his mouth and you speak through him that we might be able to feast on the word that you have given him. Carry us through this day, Heavenly Father. We will forever give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your presence amen, in amen, this amen. place. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We want you to move by your spirit in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now we ask you, Lord, to move by your spirit. Move by your spirit. Move by your spirit in this place. Move by your spirit in this place. Move by your up to him again and ask him to move by his mighty spirit move by your spirit hallelujah in this place we need 
right now Jesus and have your way have your way we just stand right here and receive receive your spirit in us right now Lord have your way have your way we surrender everything to your Lord giving you all the glory and honor Jesus have your way have your way come on and just brush all over this place and every soul every heart and mind and have your way all over this place right now God hallelujah hallelujah we receive hallelujah your fresh anointing right now hallelujah we receive hallelujah the blessings of you God that you're gonna rain down on us Lord hallelujah we receive your presence in this room right now Jesus hallelujah hallelujah we open our hearts and minds right now God to receive what you have for us oh God hallelujah Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Nobody like you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. We come this morning. We're going to give the Lord some praise in this morning. So you, you ready for praise and worship, y'all? Let's get ready. Give the Lord some praise. Amen, give him some amen, praise. Amen. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. 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 Little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Whoa, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Yeah, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Come on, help me say, This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All in my home, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. All in my home, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. All in my home, I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. 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 Let it shine.
aching in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Say there's a storm over the ocean, and it's moving this way. So if you're so aching in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Say there's a storm over the ocean. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. 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 Praise the Lord,
Because the Lord has given me authority to walk all over thee. Help me say a command. I command you say that in the name, in the name of the Lord to throw down your weapons and flee. For the Lord has given me authority to walk all over thee. All over thee. I command you, Satan. I command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord to throw down your weapons and flee. Because the Lord has given me authority to walk all over thee. So, you know what we're going to do? Let's walk. We're going to walk. Woo! Walk it out, walk it out. Walk. Yeah. Woo. Come on and walk. walk. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. Come I on and walk. walk. Yes. Come on and walk. Walk. Come on and walk. 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 Come on and walk. 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 Hey. Command you, Satan, in the name of the Lord, to throw down your weapons and flee. Cause the Lord has given me authority to walk all over thee. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. God, we bless yeah. you. This Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a worthy. He's a worthy. He's a worthy in this way. Your name in this place, hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory, 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 glory! Hallelujah! We just lift up the highest praise in this place right now. We just want to give it to you, God. We just want to worship you with our hallelujah! 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 Woo, Jesus, He's worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's just worship him right now. Let's just lift up that hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the highest praise in this place. We corporately come together, God, and we just worship you. We just lay it all out to you right now, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 to him and say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are so worthy in this place. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Stretch forth your hands. Thank you for this offering that we receive, Lord God, today. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would bless both gift and giver, Lord God.
in yes, the name God. of yes, Jesus. Yes, those God. that had to give and those that didn't have to give, that they may be able to give on the next appointed time. And we thank you for it all in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us stand as our pastor comes forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greet him with a hearty amen. Hallelujah. How many of you are be ready to be fed the word of God today? How many is ready to receive the word today? Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Truly, we give honor to God who is ahead of our life. To all those that are gathered here together in the household of faith. We're thankful to the Lord for what he has been doing in our behalf. I'm going to ask, uh, where did Tim go, Deacon Timothy? I'm going to ask Tim to come forward. Last month, we were not office material prepared, spiritually prepared we were, and we ordained you as a deacon in the household of faith, and we want to present you with this certificate of ordination, which certifies that Timothy Thompson is officially ordained as a deacon in the Church of Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center in the month of August, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Witnessed by my hand, Bishop Roy Jesse Lyseth, pastor of Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center here at 5800 Carl Road in Columbus, Ohio. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, he will my father honor, John 12 and 26. I present to you this certificate, and thank you for stepping up and answering the call. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. And those who are willing to labor. Hallelujah. Truly, we thank God again. Um, this has been a trying past week for some of us in the faith. Uh, Cynthia's had to lay to rest her mother. And we are, our prayers are with her and the entire family. Um, it's expected that those that are older than us at some point will transition out of this life, um, but it doesn't always make it easy. Amen. And I just want you to know that we love you, we're here with you, we support you uh, in any way that we can, and we thank God for you. You're not in it alone. Amen. Hallelujah. So just make sure, people of God, that we embrace our sister as she deals with this a uh, very heavy moment. Amen? Amen? Last week, we heard a testimony from Sister Cynthia Marshall. And I'm just going to paraphrase it because I can't say it like she said it. As a matter of fact, this morning, I just don't have the energy to say it like she said it. Amen. But she made a statement, something to the effect of she was no longer willing to tolerate 
her condition. So she began to speak what she wanted from God. And God opened a door and made a way for her and blessed her with something that seemingly was out of her reach and that for which she believed she may not qualify for. I'm so excited because after she shared that testimony and I encouraged the body to celebrate with her, I told you that when one of us is blessed, that is a sign that God is not just in the blessing business, but he's in our neighborhood. And if he's blessing Cynthia, who is our close neighbor, Cynthia lives on our block. God will move right down the street and keep on blessing us. So I just want you to know you were the tip of the spear. You were the catalyst. God blessed you to show blessings were coming to what some people say is dying. And I want you to know I was in prayer this week talking to the Lord about some financial matters concerning the ministry. And I got a um, text and I haven't cleared saying who it was from, so I'll just say that she's anonymous right now, but I got a text from somebody that's uh, not a member of GMFC, officially a member. She's family, but she's not officially a member of the ministry, and she said she wanted to be obedient to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And she sent me a text with $65 in it. And she said that that was, wanted to make sure, like she was doing a trial run, she wanted to make sure that I got the $65 uh, for the ministry. She was giving it to the ministry. So I responded, and, and she sent it one night. I was, I was asleep when she sent it. I woke up the next day and was busy, and by the time I got to my phone, noticed it, I responded, hey, thank you so much, appreciate it. Um, truly, uh, this will be a blessing to GMFC. And while I was texting the thanks and, and you know, that, know that she got it, all of a sudden, $800 popped up. pops up on my phone from the same person. And I know this person don't have money like that. So I know that this was a sacrifice. So I sent back a text because you know how sometimes you, you send one thing and you like you mistake you hit the button but you didn't mean to send it. So I sent a text back. I said, hey, I just got notified that 800 more dollars came, and I just wanted to make sure that you were aware 
that you say $800 in addition to what you had already sent. And I just got a response, I just got an immediate response back that said, I'm just trying to follow what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. Saints, I had been praying to God because we hadn't met our mortgage here for the church yet. We were $865 short. can't tell you how encouraging it is when you go to God and you tell him, Lord, I, we, we're in a place of need. And he moves upon people who will step beyond their own capacity to be a blessing. And I told her how much I appreciated it and how much it was needed, and we were able to go take care of the church's business, and I was so thankful to God. I was just like elated. I texted my wife and told her what had happened, and you know she was celebrating with me. We were celebrating hallelujah texts back and forth and um, just having a good time with the Lord. And then I get another... Uh, I have another conversation with a man that is new to this ministry. As a matter of fact, though he comes to the ministry, he has not officially joined the ministry. It's Brother Anthony Wilson. He plays beautifully for us. He shares his grace gift with us. And he said, to, he said to me, he says, Bishop, you know, the parking lot's kind of messed up. And, and if you pay attention when you drive through, you have to, you have to play whack-a-mole with the potholes. You have to, to dodge them, and otherwise you might leave parts of your car in them. And I shared with him the history and how it's through the years gotten worse and worse. We've done the patchwork, and we've fixed it, and you know, within a year or less, because of just, just how it goes, the holes would get bigger and, and the repair would go away and it would be a problem. And, you know, the estimates that I were getting to properly um, fix this were in the neighborhood of $10,000. And we just simply don't have the means to do that right now. Amen. So he says to me, let me look into it. This is Brother Wilson. He says, let me, let me look into it. And there was a part of me that, and, and I'm always transparent, there was a part of me that was appreciative that, you know, someone was willing, that they noticed that the church had a need and they were willing to look into it. But there was another part of me that said, once he looks into it and he gets those numbers, because I had already looked into it, that, you know, it would be, I, I wish I could help you, or, you know, 
let's start a building fund or let's do this or let's do that. I get an email. This is right after the $865 blessing. I get an email from Brother Wilson that says, I got a guy, he has a company that will repair the entire parking lot, seal it and restripe it, not just fill the holes, but fix the entire thing, front and back side, restripe the parking spaces. It's going to be $10,000. He wants to start on Monday. Now, the starting date change, it'll be Wednesday, but he said he wants to start. Is it okay? So I read the text, and... I started to chuckle. I said, maybe he didn't hear me when I told him that <laughs> we don't have $10,000. So I texted him back, oh, that's great. But you understand, we don't, we don't have the $10,000. And Brother Wilson said, don't worry about it. God has blessed me, and I want to be a blessing to you. God showed me. There are people that are talking that, you know, people have left the ministry and COVID has really killed the coming together and the fellowship of believers and everyone wants to stay home. And it seems like the more they stay home, the less people are able to give or desire to give or um, persuaded to give, whatever. And, and the church has been suffering. And I've been crying out to God because, saints, I was talking to God. Is this a sign that I'm supposed to close the physical building and just talk to people online from my basement? I said, I don't know what to do, Lord, because I can't afford it. Then the mortgage was late. Lord, is, is this a sign? The property's falling apart, but Lord, is this a sign? And the Lord said, let me show you a sign. Let me help you understand what I'm doing. And he blessed people who have relationship with the ministry, but are not necessarily members, so... In essence, they're not necessarily responsible for what's happening here. Who responded to the, the urge of God to be a tremendous blessing. Amen. Wednesday, they start, they tear up the parking lot and they start to redo everything. <laughs> All because this man answered God. He's, he saw a need. He knew that God had blessed him, and he said, I want to be a conduit of the blessings of God because if I can pour out here, God will continue to pour into me so that I can pour out elsewhere as well. And I'm so thankful to God, and I asked him if it was okay if I, if I said it was him. And, you know, he was so humble. He said he didn't mind. It was okay. And I just want to salute you. 
and thank God for you because you are right on time. You're right on time. Again, it's no, it's, it's no mystery. There are some ministries that are flourishing. And then it seems like we were in a place of struggle. And it was weighing on my heart. And God, in the span of moments, heard my cry. And he responded, I got you. And I texted my wife. I said, wow. I guess this means that I must be doing what God wants me to do. I've often struggled with some of my sermons because sometimes my sermons can be difficult. I don't, I don't have the luxury to just preach feel-good sermons. That's just not what God has called me to do. And I know oftentimes I challenge people and I put their stuff in their face and make you deal with and, and no longer hide some of our own struggles. And this is not just you, it's all of us. This is the ministry that God gave me. Sometimes I feel like the prophet Jeremiah wasn't really a popular prophet because he brought challenging words to the congregation of God's people. And sometimes that makes you feel like maybe you're not doing or saying what you're supposed to because you see other ministries flourishing and people flocking in and everything seems to be, you know, a-okay. Church is still packed out and, you know, we're struggling here, but I'm so thankful to God. And I took this time this morning to share with you how thankful I am to God, to this very special woman that gave, to Brother Wilson that gave, and to what is yet to come for the growth, the expansion, the outreach of this ministry to the world. I'm thankful to the Lord. I know that not everyone has the opportunity to be on our Bible study um, on, on Zoom, but those of you that haven't been able to be there, Zoom is blowing up. People are, new people are joining, and they're coming back, and they're being a part of it. Amen. What I refer to as the West Coast Campus of Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center is growing. Yes, it is. It's not just growing with people, but it's breaking theological boundaries where even people from other faiths are coming in and are interested in what's being said and want to take part and hear and, and study. And there's enthusiasm and there's, there's drive and there's excitement about the Word of God. And you have no idea how encouraging that is for a pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. 
so thankful to the Lord for everything that he's doing. For those that have tuned in, we salute you. We thank God for you. We're excited about um, the coming together of God's people physically and through technology. I want to leave a word with you today from this topic or this title. Is heaven your destination? I want you to think about that for a minute. We all have a desire to end up in heaven, amen? Is, by a show of hands, is anyone here not wanting the end of their days to result in a heavenly entrance? Just raise your hand. Just don't, don't let none. It's okay. Just raise your hand. If you don't want to go to heaven, it's all right. All right. So everybody in here wants to go to heaven. And, and I would assume that they're, you know, probably everyone online, no one raised their hands as well. Every, everyone wants to go to heaven. Amen. There's a right way to get to heaven. Yeah. And there's a wrong way that will keep you from heaven. Amen. And grace is not an avenue to bypass. It is not the 270 that allows you to circle the truth but still get to a destination within your city. There are simply some things that we do not want to hear. We don't want to hear them. They're not comfortable to hear. We don't like hearing them. Like going to the grocery store during the height of the pandemic when there were only a few supplies left and you did not get the, the email that said go stock up so now you go to the grocery store and you have one roll of toilet paper left in your house. So you go to where toilet paper is supposed to be and the shelves are empty and the clerk says to you, we are out of toilet paper. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. An employee doesn't want to hear their employer say, you're fired. A spouse doesn't want to hear the other spouse emphatically declare, I want a divorce. Well. Simply some things you just don't want to hear. A parent never wants to hear anyone tell them, your child is dead. Right. And the list goes on. I can give you phrase after phrase after phrase after phrase of things that nobody wants to hear. But as terrible as some of these things are that I've mentioned, there is something more terrible than these. Right. As a matter of fact, it's probably the most terrible, frightening thing that could be said by the only one person that could say it, and that is Jesus declaring, depart from me, I never knew you. Well. These have to be the most fear-filled words that could ever be spoken, yet some of our professed family in Christ 
will one day hear these words and be cast out of the presence of Jesus because of them. If you don't believe me, check the text, Matthew, the seventh chapter, the 21st through the 23rd verse is the foundation of our scriptural lesson today. And it reads, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. These are some of the craziest days that I've ever seen. Seems like everything is at a boiling point. As if the world itself is tearing itself apart at the seams. As a student of scripture and a watcher of the body of Christ, I find myself seriously concerned about the destination of those who say they are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Because what I see around me is a sign that we are so close to the return of our Lord that we do not have the time to just be casual about our relationship with God. You see, it's assumed that all those who profess Christ will find themselves in the bosom of of Abraham one day, but this assumption is actually misguided. Hear the words of Christ found in Scripture that I just read, Matthew 7 and 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, Ye that work iniquity. You see, the theology of grace does not make immune these words of Christ to all who sit outside the will of God. You see, too many in the body believe that they are going one place, but uh, will find out that the destination they believed for is not the destination they will end up with. Our faith in Christ should not be engaged with a cavalier attitude or a lackluster, lukewarm enthusiasm. Our walk with Christ is life and death. It is heaven or hell. When I look at some who profess Christ, I see people who may not be headed where they think. And I'm charged of God to warn you today. This tells me that some of those who hear this sermon are in danger of hellfire and eternal separation from Christ Jesus. God is reaching out to you today in the words of this lesson, sharing with you a warning because he loves you and does not want to utter the most terrible words anyone could ever hear. Depart from me. I never knew you. We're living in a day when no one wants to be held accountable for their actions and even their inaction. But we cannot escape the reach of God. 
We live in an excuse culture who always looks to put blame on someone else for their actions. It's not my fault that I am this way. It is this or that or them. I'm justified in my immoral behavior because of what was done to me. This is so far from the way we used to be as a culture, as a nation, a nation and even a church. The church itself has become so ingrained in world system thinking that the lines have been blurred and the people are misguided into thinking that they, that what they do or don't do is what matters. You see, if scripture is our ultimate guide to success, then it, behave, it behooves us to ensure that we are abiding in what it says and it is abiding in us so that we end up where we think or want to end up in eternity. You see, sometimes you can have the most sophisticated GPS tracking system in your vehicle and still not end up where you thought you were headed. I remember when we first moved, my wife and I were looking for Costco. Costco is a, is a um, store that sells bulk items. And we were looking for a Costco that was near us. And so we put it into the GPS system. And the GPS system said, we got it. Gave us an address for the Costco. Gave us directions for the, the Costco told us what city it was in. And it was only 12 miles from where we were at. We got excited and we got into the car. And as we were driving in the car, following the instructions, letter by letter, we pulled up to the place, you know, when the GPS says, you have arrived at your destination. My wife and I looked to the left, and all we saw was an open field. And we were a little bit befuddled. We looked to the right, and all we saw was an open field. But that field had corn in it. So I started to look around, and I was confused. And I said to my wife, did we miss a turn? She said, no, we followed everything that it said. Are we on the right road? We looked for the next intersection, and sure enough, we were on the right road. We were in the right city, according to what the GPS said. But that was not where Costco was. And to this day, it makes me laugh. If I put the address of Costco in, it will always take me to that open field. But I know... That's not where Costco is. You see, you got to go a little bit further down the road, and you got to make a left and a right, and you got to go over these railroad tracks, and then you're going to get to what's now a circle, and there is the Costco in another county, in another city. But the GPS thinks is back that way. Saints of God, I'm here to tell you that there is a law to the entrance of heaven. And before you lose your mind and say, well, we don't, we don't live by the law. 
Jesus came and he, he fulfilled the law, so we're not subject to the law. You can fool yourself all you want, but there is a law to the entrance of heaven. You see, heaven is for everybody, but not everybody is allowed in it. Let me say that again for you. Heaven is for everybody, but not everybody is allowed in it. You see, to enter heaven, we must be about our heavenly Father's business. We must do his will in our life. See, we in essence must do more than just talk about it. We need to be about it. And what I found looking at the body of Christ, and I'm not just talking about here uh, or even those that are online, I'm talking about the entirety of the body of Christ. What I have found, because I am a watcher of people, I'm a watcher of people by trade. This is what I do. I'm trained to do this. I'm trained to know that when I'm speaking to you, you're telling me truth or a, or a lie. I'm a watcher of people. This is what I do. And I found watching church folk that there are some good talkers. And those will be the ones who won't like this sermon. Those will be the ones that will challenge me on this sermon. Those will be the ones that will tell you I'm just putting out hate and I'm just putting out fear and I'm just trying to scare folk into heaven. They'll disparage what I'm saying. But I'm here to tell you, people of God, that what I am declaring to you today is of God. The question that should burn in your heart, the question that burned in the heart of Paul before his death, Who will enter the kingdom of heaven? The Bible declares, scarcely a righteous man comes in. So then does everyone who professes Christ enter heaven? What does Jesus have to say about it? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you. The Lord says, no. There are some who will profess my name only. And the profession of the name only is not enough to qualify you for entrance through the heavenly gates. Hear what Christ is saying here and examine for yourself because a false professor is a person who uses the Christian vocabulary who recites the Christian creed, who prays the Christian prayer, who attends the church service, or not, in some cases, participates or not, fellowships with believers in functions or not, yet does not know nor accept the truth of what the Lord has declared. In essence, he does not obey, she does not obey the word of the Lord because they do not really know Christ. They don't have a personal 
nor an intimate relationship with him. You see, this kind of person is akin to a person who sleeps with many women, but is not truly in love with any of them. You see, Christ says that he shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, there are qualifications necessary to enter heaven. Yes, I said it. Bishop Roy, Jesse Lyseth said it. There are qualifications necessary for the entry into heaven. You, not anyone can walk through the pearly gates. There's only one way into heaven. And there is no other way to get in. There's no excuse. There's no loophole. There's no Johnny Cochran that exists that will allow you to bypass the law of entry into heaven. No one can get into heaven by professing that Jesus Christ is Lord alone. He can get into heaven only by doing the will of God. This is the law that governs the gate and the entrance into heaven. And I know some of you are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, let me reveal something to you. Let me teach you something today so that you don't stand before God in that day of judgment and make a profession to Christ about all you've done only to find out that he says, who are you? Wait, 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 what's your name? Do, I know, do we know each other? Do we even have relationship? You see, we must do more than just profess Christ to enter heaven. As we examine what Christ is saying, we can see that there are two kinds of people who will say, Lord, Lord. In truth, making a false profession. First, there are those who profess and do very little else. They may not hesitate to talk about their religion or their church or their pastor. They may even express some level of confidence in it. They feel religion has its place in the lives of humanity and in the structure of our society. It's a good thing to have. They, they go to church uh, services on occasion. They give and they serve others as much as is needed in order uh, that they might make themselves feel more comfortable and seem more acceptable to God. Some feel comfortable and acceptable attending a few services, giving a little, and serving only if they're approached and asked. And there are others who do more because they feel more is necessary. Then there are those who profess Christ and do tremendous work for their religion and society. They are as sincere as can be, and they call Christ Lord, Lord, in all the areas of their religious life, yet they are rejected by Christ. How can this be true? Why is this person rejected and shut out from heaven? A person who calls Christ Lord and labors so diligently in his name. Where the word of the, of the Lord shows us there are three primary reasons, and I want to leave these three reasons with you before I take my seat today. 
There is much more that I have to say on this subject, but I want to leave these three at least with you today. These are important for you to understand. These are the primary reasons for rejection at the gate of heaven. First, profession alone fails to do more than profess. Profession alone is really the big I. Look at the words declared in the opening text. Have we not done all these things? Many wonderful works. Verse 22, have we? We is a group for I. It is a coming together of many eyes. Have we not or have I not or have this group not done all these wonderful things for you? And they were wonderful works. But when we stand before God, now I want you to get this. You ought to write this down. You ought to scribble this somewhere. You ought to text it to yourself. You ought, matter of fact, you ought to put it on Facebook so nobody else will know. Somebody ought to Twitter it so nobody else can deny this. What you do counts for nothing when you stand before God. What we have done qualifies us in no way for entrance into heaven. You see, in that day, the judgment day, the day when all mankind will stand before God, a genuine believer is not going to be professing what he has done, what she has done, what we have done, because what we, she, he, me, I has done is nothing compared to what Christ has done. You see, we would be going to worship Christ. There are those that are going to stand before God, stand before Jesus to declare their level of qualification. But when I go in that day of judgment, I won't be going there to tell God what I've done to get in. I'll be going there to worship what Jesus has done. When I'm standing in front of Jesus for judgment, I'll be thanking him for his death, thanking him for his burial, thanking him for his resurrection, thanking him him for his redeemed life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be going to worship. And this is the critical point. Profession by itself only shows just how inadequate our understanding of God and our own reality truly is. It shows just how centered we are upon our own ability and our own level of goodness. Just think. Be honest with yourself. You can lie to everybody else if you want, but you should never lie to yourself. How can anyone ever stand before the supreme being and intelligence of the universe before God Almighty and claim anything? What gives us the audacity to think that we can stand before God and tell God something that we did that qualifies us to even be in his presence? 
If such a person as God is going to let any man enter heaven, it's going to be because he wills that man to, to be into heaven because he has accepted that man, not because that man has done anything that qualified himself. I cannot qualify me. Most of us spend a lot of time trying to qualify ourselves to each other trying to qualify why I have the position that I have, why I have the possessions that I have, why I am able to go certain places, trying to qualify the legitimacy of my own existence. But in the face of God, your argument is for naught. You see, profession alone does not understand and it, in essence, rejects the true nature of God and the true nature of man. You see, the true nature of God and man is revealed by what the Word has declared and what has been witnessed throughout history. History has exposed man's nature as selfish, greedy, and evil, and every nation and person in the world has succumbed to these very things. Profession alone doesn't do it. You cannot qualify yourself. If you need point one and just a bullet point, I can't qualify me. Number two, profession alone does not do the will of God. And Jesus declared in the text that I read, it is he that does the will that is an action statement. He that does, he that lives, he that breathes the will of God. You see, profession alone is a form of godliness, but it denies the very power thereof, 2 Timothy 3 and 5. You see, this simply means that a person goes through all the forms of religious life, Yet they deny the power of godliness. Well, one might ask, well, what is godliness? Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 5, 21, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. For he, that's God, hath made him, that's Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is godliness. First Timothy 3 and 16 tells us, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, received up into glory. You see, this is the crux of the matter. The only Lord that God knows is the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he sent from heaven. God sent the Lord Jesus to die for our sins, to die so that through belief we might be counted free of sin's penalty. We might be justified or counted perfectly righteous and thereby made acceptable to God, not because of us, but because of him. God sent the Lord Jesus to arise from the dead, to arise so that through belief we might be counted as new men, as new women in, his, in this resurrected life. 
we might be acceptable in him, that we might live eternally with him. And anyone who denies the power of godliness, the power of Christ's death and resurrection to impart forgiveness and life to himself shall not enter heaven. All your good works, all your religion, all your deeds, all your blessings, all your care, all your love, no matter how good, are just a form of godliness. But they deny the power of godliness. For godliness is found not in you, but in Christ alone. The third point, profession alone acknowledges and honors self. It does not honor Christ. I want you to see something of critical importance. When Christ died for us, he was the one who had done all that needed to be done. You see, it wasn't me that was on the cross that said it is finished. I, I might get to the place where I say I'm finished. But my finish don't help you. And in many cases, my finish don't help me either. Because sometimes I finish before the work is done. You ever had a really big plate of food? You thought you were going to finish it. You tried to finish it. But you had a doggy bag because you couldn't finish it. Saints of God, you can't finish it. This is critically important for us to understand. When Christ died for us, he was the one who had done everything. He was the one who finished what was necessary for redemption. He was the one that did what needed to be done for the work of salvation to be complete, that we might declare we are the redeemed of the Lord. We have done nothing. He was the one who died. We didn't die. We died in his death, not in our own. And since we are in his death, he is the one who is to be honored. He is the one who is to be lifted up. He is the one who is to be praised. He is the subject. He is the object. He is all of our redemption. This is the very thing that God is after that we might honor his son. You see, it's the man who trusts the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus who honors Christ. It is the man who shall be allowed to enter heaven, and it is that man alone. Because Jesus declared in Matthew 7 and 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It says it like this in Mark 7 and 6. He answered and saith unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, 
This people honoreth me with their lips, that's profession, but their heart is far from me. Titus 1 and 16 says it like this. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny God, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. I'm telling you what the Word of God declares. 1 John 3 and 18 says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. God is making repeated reference in his word about the difference between what you say and what you do. Sometimes I look at Facebook. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Sometimes I look at Facebook. I try not to look at Facebook uh, anymore. I used to read every single story. Now I try to skim through it because I just want to see something that's nice. I want to hear because, you know, there are people out there that will share what, what God has done. And, and, and that's encouraging because we overcome by what? The word of our testimony. So I'm looking for real believers who will testify of the goodness of the Lord while yet in the land of the living. Because I know if God will bless them, he's sure enough, not a respecter of persons, will bless me. So I get encouraged. But here, here over time, what I've found is that when I scroll through some of the Facebook posts, I see this declaration, this profession about relationships that I know are not what they are professing to be. I know people that are on the brink of divorce. But you read about them on Facebook, and they can't help but, oh, I just love so-and-so. They're the apple of my eye. They're the sweetest thing that's ever come into this world. Oh. But behind the scenes, they already got an attorney. They cussing them out. Can't stand them. You no good, dirty dog. But on Facebook, oh. They're the epitome of a man, or they're the epitome of a woman. On Facebook, their children are the greatest children on the face of the earth. But off of Facebook, they cuss their children out. I don't know how you cuss out what's supposed to be the greatest. They're either the greatest and then endearing of your love, or they're not. Just not honest with ourselves. We have a profession, but we deny the power of the very profession that we make. I either love her or I don't. Period. There's no if, ands, or buts. There's no middle road. There's no gray area. I either love her or I don't. If I profess to her that I love her, I will show her that I love her. If I show her that I don't love her, it don't matter that I tell her I love her. 
Now, I may get away with it the first time that I tell her I love her because she wants to believe in what I am saying because she loves me. But if I show her that what I am saying is not reflective of what I'm really feeling, ultimately I'm going to find rejection. I'm just telling you what the word declares. I don't want you to open your eyes in hell thinking, I'm not supposed to be here. But I went to church. I, I prayed. I even went to the hospital for sister so-and-so, and I don't even like her. I celebrated somebody else's blessing, even though I didn't think they deserved it. So I mean, like, I'm like, I'm like the poster child for righteousness. Like, how how would I not get in? Saints, it has nothing to do with you. Psalm 78, 35, and 36 says it like this. And they remembered that God was their rock. And the high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. And they lied unto him with their tongues. When you make a profession that is not backed by your action, you are just a liar, and all liars shall share their part in the lake of fire. The old folks used to say, it's tight, but it's right. You have to do the will of God if you think you're getting into heaven. Now understand, Christ is talking about people who are interested in heaven. He's not talking about those who are not interested in heaven. He's talking about those who are heaven-minded. You see, heaven should be the final goal of every man. It should be the place that every man seeks to enter. However, not everyone is interested in heaven or will enter heaven. Jesus said that there are some who call him Lord who will not be allowed to come in. The people who wish to enter heaven must do the will of the one that is in heaven. Who is in heaven? Who is it that controls the entrance into heaven? The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you wish to enter heaven, you have to be about the uh, Father's business. You can't be about your own will. You can't be about the will of some other God. The money God, the sex God, the, the, the fun God. You have to be about the will of the one and only God. 
And in case you get it twisted, 1 John 3 and 23, this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. The love one another is not a word of profession. It is a declaration of action. Because the person who does God's will is the person who truly believes, who truly obeys, and who truly loves Jesus. The question you have to ask yourself, and I'll close with this today. The question you have to ask yourself is what is it that you mean when you say to Jesus, Lord? Are you just professing that he's a great teacher? The Muslims will tell you that he's a great teacher. They don't disparage his mastery of teaching, his eloquence of speech, his intellect. Matter of fact, they talk about it. He's a great prophet. What do you mean when you say, Lord? Is that all he is to you, just a great teacher? Is he just an, a, a living example of what good men and good, woman should, good women should be? Was he just a great martyr who shows how we can embrace purpose, you know, be purposeful? Is Jesus just the example of good purpose? Is it that he was just a great man upon whom the Spirit of God rested in a special way? What is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? When I stand before God and I cry out to him, Lord, I'm saying to him, you are so much more. And I can even comprehend. You are greater than the eloquency of my speech can detail. You are so much that I cannot even comprehend. I am nothing in your sight. You are the great God. You are Alpha. And you are Omega. Yes. You are the beginning of all things. You are the end of all things. All things exist in you. You are life and you are breath. Every authority is subject to you. Every power pales in comparison to your power. Your omniscience, your love for me. Why? Why do you even love me? How could you love a wretch like me? I know what I've done in the earth. That man might count as good, but all my work is evil in thy sight. 
For absence the embodiment of Jesus, there is no good that I can do. All I am is an expression of you. The image of your dear son. The fulfillment of my creation in the day in the garden when you sat before yourself and said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Father, I am just that. What you have made me to be. But absent you, I am dumb. I am dumb without you. Heaven is where you want to spend your eternity. It's more than just your declaration. What you do says more about what you believe than what you say. My wife asked me just yesterday if I never told you verbally that I love you again, would you have a problem? And my response was, it's not what you say that causes me to believe in your love. It's what you do. What you say is nice. What you do is everlasting. People of God, hear the warning of Christ today. Make sure that what you are saying is reflective of what you are doing. And if it's not, you have an opportunity right now. Right now to get it right. You have an opportunity, a moment to say, Father, in all honesty, I know that what I've been telling, saying, is not reflective of what I've doing and believing. Help me. Help me right now. Express indeed what I say with words and that they might reflect your will. Not that my works qualify me, but they testify of my belief. Faith without works is dead. Because works 
testify to what I believe. They don't qualify my belief. They testify to my belief. So, Father, help me that I would not be a schizophrenic Christian. Help me that I would not possess multiple personality disorder. Father, I need you. Come into my life. I don't just profess the death, burial, and resurrection of my Lord Jesus, but I believe it, and I'm going to live it out loud. By the power that dwells in me through your gift, through your indwelling, through your power. Heal my heart, heal my mind. Control my tongue. Bring me into order. That I might wake up one day. And standing at the gate is you and you say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in. that I would not hear. Depart from me. For I never knew you. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Have mercy and receive me into thy bosom. Forgive me. Hear your clarion call. Forgive me. I believe in you. You've done what I cannot do. Help me now to live it out loud. Help me to be the example of you in the world. In the name of Jesus. To the glory of God, my Father. To the horror of my enemy, the devil. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. For those of you that are online... If you heard this sermon and you were moved in your spirit and you prayed with me, I encourage you to find a church that can minister God's truth into your life. And until that time comes, please continue to join with us. And we will do what we can from a distance to be a blessing to you.
I celebrate your new life in Jesus. I thank God for those that responded to his call. For our time is short. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, this congregation of people stands in your presence by your power and your power alone. Father, if there be anything in us that is unlike you, bring it to uh, the forefront of our knowledge, of our mind, of our thinking, that we might do that which is necessary to remove these things. If it's something, Lord, that we struggle with, if it's a proclivity of our life, Father, give us the power by thy grace to remove it from us, that we might in all ways exemplify you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for healing, for deliverance, for peace, for joy. I thank you, Father, for meeting our need. I thank you, Father, for when I didn't know which way to go. You saw our need and you gave us direction. Thank you, Father. Father, I ask a blessing upon those who have been a blessing to us. That you overwhelm them with increase, with favor. For even in their sacrifice, bring overflow. Replenish, renew, restore, rejuvenate your prosperity in their lives. Father, for the faithful, meet them at the point of their need. You know what's on their heart. You know what their struggle is. Let your blessing be just that and bring no hardship with it. Father, we thank you and we celebrate your goodness and your mercy for us. Now, Father, take us into the remainder of this week. Going before, clearing the way. That when we arrive in each day, by thy grace and thy truth, you've already allowed that day to be a day of success. Continue to touch those that are dealing with change in their bodies physically whether it's the removal of a disease, of a defect of the body, a condition of health, or whether it is the increase of life, the bringing into the world of something new. Keep them and cover them. Strengthen them and protect them. In the name of Jesus, as only you can. We thank you for victory. We thank you for victory in all matters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember our sister, Cynthia Dennis, 
and her family as they deal with the loss of her mother. Remember the Lysath family and the Moore family as they deal with the tragic loss of a husband and a father. Remember my cousin Jordan as she deals with the loss of her husband, the father of her children. Grant to her peace, fill the void, minister your grace that every need is met. Help her children to recover. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. And everything that you've done, every scheme, every strategy that you've raised against the people of God, the Lord rebuke you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in advance because this week this week this week will be testimonies of your greatness this week this week your blessing your prosperity your healing your joy your strength is our portion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Consider yourself dismissed. Greet one another with a holy kiss and fellowship as believers.